Hey everyone, I'm Taylor, and this is Rediscipleship, a podcast exploring what it means to live as a disciple of Jesus in the 21st century. After years of following Jesus, I'm convinced that his invitation to the abundant life wasn't just a catchy slogan, but the true home for a weary traveler. On this podcast, we will seek to undo the discipleship of our culture, exposing the ways we've allowed and even participated in our own malformation. Being rediscipled in the way of Jesus is the lifelong invitation of the cross, but thankfully, you're not on the journey alone. Here we go. Well, here we are, episode two. Thanks for joining us. You know, discipleship is tricky. It's hard to nail it down and to create one definition that seems to fit the true scope of life and one's relationship with God. My own experience of spiritual formation at times seems really clear cut. The pathway to maturity seems well laid out with a really clear trajectory for growth. I know the areas of weakness that I want to work on or that God seems to be poking into my life, and I can see the strength of God coming into my life to meet me in those areas. I can see a heart of love growing towards those around me and towards God. But at other times, and honestly very recently in my life, I would say that the experience of spiritual formation has been a lot murkier. It's hard to pinpoint the places in my heart and life that God is at work. Transformation seems slow, and growth is about as evident and exciting as grass growing. I don't know if that's your journey as well, or if that's where you are right now. Maybe you feel surprised by that. Maybe that seems so ordinary right now that it's not surprising at all. My personality would be inclined to programmatize discipleship to create a clear and consistent pathway for transformation in someone's life. The challenge that I've run into over and over again is that people are different. What a, I know what a revelation, but the fact that God has made people unique and beautiful in their own way means that we can't really programmatize discipleship to be one size fits all for everyone at all times. No wonder the road of transformation, of discipleship to Jesus, that we each walk has nuances specific to our own life. I also take deep encouragement from the fact that Jesus compared the kingdom of God to yeast fermenting in some dough. The slow and gradual reproduction of yeast and flour is one of the handful of analogies that Jesus uses to describe the kingdom of God. Are you surprised by that? Because I sure am. And yet, this description fits. It fits my experience with Jesus. More often than I would want, my life looks and feels a lot like a tub of fermenting sourdough than the grand spectacle that I might desire. And yet, here we are at this intersection between the kingdom of God and our discipleship to Jesus. What does this theme have to tell us about what it means to follow and to become like the Son of Man? Well, in this episode, I'm having a conversation with my friend Emmanuel. He is a youth pastor at my church and just an all-around really cool guy. I appreciate his excitement, his thoughtfulness, and his enduring love for Jesus, so I'm excited to have a conversation with him about this topic. He's going to help us understand the kingdom of God as a biblical theme and then also to connect it to our daily apprenticeship to Jesus. So, without any further ado, Here's my conversation with Emmanuel. So I am joined today by my friend Emmanuel Estrati and excited to be able to have the first ever in-person interview for Rediscipleship. Um, it's been a long time coming with uh, COVID, but thankful for this opportunity. So before we kind of dive into, you know, questions for um, this topic and our time together today, like you just want to give us kind of a quick intro on who yeah, you sure. who you are, how we know each other, like why Absolutely. we're sitting in the same room right now. Yeah, no, thank you. I, this is really an exciting thing to do. I, I've been looking forward to uh, 
uh, just sitting down and having some time to talk with you. And even this, this topic is, uh, it's exciting. So, um, yeah, so I, I guess we met about five years ago because when we, Melissa and I, uh, came on staff here, um, well, I'm on staff at, at the church, but when we came and we moved to Oxford, uh, I think our wives kind of knew each other first and then we kind of introduced each other. Um, and after, uh, you know, our kids growing up together and, you know, playing tennis together, all these things, and you being involved in, uh, in college ministry on, at Miami and, and I, me being on staff at uh, OBF. And uh, it's, it's been a really fun journey to see how uh, like-minded people are, you know, we're, we're really uh, building this friendship that is not just you and me, but also our mm-hmm. wives and then our kids mm-hmm. are growing up and, you know, going camping together and all that. So it's been really, it's been really fun to, be able to see how the Lord has uh, intersected our lives um, for, for, for this season of life. So it's yeah. fun. Yeah, it's been fun to um, have kind of a, a co-laborer too, just knowing that there's a shared heart for Miami's yeah. campus. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned uh, the acronym OBF, which stands for Oxford Bible Fellowship, yes, which yes. is both the church that um, that me and my wife attend, as well as your family, and then you're on staff here. Yeah. And uh, where we're recording right now, actually, too. Yeah. And, uh, actually, That's um, fun. Uh, better than expected studio, which is really cool here. <laughs> so, um, yeah, thanks for, thanks for taking the time and uh, being ready to have a conversation. I'm, I'm excited about this. So we've been kind of tracing these different, uh, big themes all through scripture. Mm-hmm. And the theme that we've landed in, in October here is the kingdom of God. Um, but before we jump into that kind of the routine question I ask of our guests, uh, since this is a podcast focused on the nature of discipleship sure. and how these different themes intersect that is just how in your journey with, with Christ, have you come to just understand uh, what the nature and process of discipleship is? Yeah. So, um, you know, Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. And I mm-hmm. think that there's, uh, there's the individual aspect of discipleship of us following Christ individually, uh, understanding what it means to take up our cross and follow him, the denial of self, uh, but then there's also the the community aspect, where if you would even kind of think of it like the um, uh, the the uh, Paul and Timothy aspect of mm. um, not necessarily age wise, but but there are you know there's certain people who might be old souls, but you know might be the same age as you or I, or, or maybe even younger, but yet who are um, walking with the Lord maybe uh, at, at, at a more different season of life and helping each other to grow. Um, but for me personally, I, I, I would say that I saw this um, really kind of play out in older men in my church who kind of took me uh, aside and said, I, you know, you're, you say you're a follower of Christ, but this is what it looks like to grow uh, not only in the knowledge, but also how to grow in applying that knowledge uh, in day-to-day living. And so some of it was just simple, you know, you'd think almost common sense, but it's not. It's just it's understanding the world through the kingdom mentality that mm. the the world we live in is is just that is it's under the uh, sovereignty and under the authority of God and even basic things schoolwork how can that be kingdom work understanding that there's a, a greater purpose than just you know doing my schoolwork so um, so for me I'd say that that was very instrumental in understanding discipleship it is as we walk as we go. Mm. Um, living for Jesus and understanding that um, my life has a purpose outside of just the here and now. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I love the integrated nature of that, that sure. I think does come with being uh, traveling alongside people who are already on the journey or a little ways ahead of you. Sure. And, um, and I mean, that language is, 
I don't know if it's just resurfaced now, but I feel like I hear so much more, but the idea of our journey with Jesus sure. and I've used that language on this podcast too, but I yeah. think that it's a fitting description of this idea of what it means to be a, a disciple. And it's not just this academic learning that's happening, but it is a together with, and it's this relational learning and you're becoming like this person, not just in knowing the same things that they know, the yeah. same things that Jesus taught, but living his very life too yes. in this time and, um, and having people that are, are practicing that, are living that, and can kind of invite you into that yeah. um, is is so powerful. So yeah, yeah, I think I think that's great. I love why why I love asking that from different people is because I do think discipleship is such a a big thing um, yeah. that, that is. It's not that it's unable to be understood, but there's just so many facets to it that you ask one person, you get a perspective, and you ask somebody else, you get sure. a slightly different one. It's not that those are in conflict, but you just you begin to see the different paths that people are are taking and how they engage this nature yeah. of discipleship. And yeah. so, but it, yeah. I think it, like you just said, it, it's so huge, but it's also interesting to see how there's different areas of my life that I don't even realize, um, that, uh, when, when compared to someone else, like I'm being discipled in this area of my life that I didn't even realize, uh, was lacking, so to speak, or, mm. or to observe other people. Of, well, you know, as a dad seeing, okay, well, how someone else parents really is a beautiful reflection of, uh, of God's love for us and how God parents us, but then to, to see, oh, look at this individual, how how they talk to their children, how they explain um, different things, and to say, oh wow, I could really grow in that area. Yeah. Um, and and there's there's all these other areas that I wouldn't otherwise see that are lacking or that where I need to strengthen if it wasn't for the grace of God allowing people in my life to say, hey, um, whether it's observation or just people saying. Uh, hey, you want to do a book study together on marriage or on parenting or even boundaries in life. That's what I'm going through right now is a book on boundaries. Nice. What does it mean to put boundaries uh, and and say the uh, that that freeing word, which is called no? Yeah. You know? yeah. So, I, yeah. That, yeah. So. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. Um, well, we'll we'll tie that in to this sure. topic, too. But we're going to kind of pause there and jump a little bit into our, our theme topic for Let's this month. And so. Um, as I said already, we're, we've been uh, engaging this topic of the kingdom of God. We've hit that at our kind of weekly uh, or our, our monthly nav night meeting. But mm -hmm. for this context, we just want to kind of jump in and, um, and and start talking about that. So I want to just kind of pose to you. I mean, this is a huge topic, obviously, that goes all the way from the beginning to the end of Scripture. But just to, to pose to you this very small question, Emmanuel, if you would, just give us a snapshot <laughs> definition of what the kingdom is and uh, and how you see it in scripture, like in, sure. in 30 seconds or less. No, I'm sure. just joking. But, like, um, but, yeah. but just try, try to help us summarize that a little bit from yeah. some of your understanding and studying. Yeah. I mean, so if, if we just understand from the creation mandate that mm. God creates, you know, uh, man and women, men and women, uh, man and, and, and uh, Adam and Eve in his image, according to his likeness. Uh, and then he gives them that, that mandate to uh, basically um, uh, rule over everything and have dominion over the earth and, and the creatures and, uh, and to take care of this place um, and giving us that responsibility uh, because we are, uh, we're ruling uh, under his authority and in his stead. Uh, and so all authority ultimate is borrowed authority. Mm -hmm. So when we think of this kingdom uh, mentality, this this kingdom living is, yes, there is a king. There is uh, a, a ruler over everything and everyone, and we are not him. I'm mm -hmm. not him. Um, and uh, so this starts from Genesis and all the way through you know scripture. You see that the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, if you want to uh, interlink those two, um, is what God is doing on earth 
to reconcile all people back to himself. Uh, and we know the end of the book. We know that Jesus will literally reign, mm. uh, that he is the king of kings, Lord of lords. And I think we're living in between this, you know, th- this time uh, where our job is to uh, go out and to um, pronounce and preach and the kingdom of God is at hand, repent uh, and believe. And so it, it's always been the case. We're always, we've always been living under the kingdom uh, motif, if you will, that, that meta narrative of, yes, uh, there is a God. He is in control. He's sovereign over everyone and everything. And he's given us the re- responsibility to rule on his behalf mm. over his created order. Um, and like I said, I mean, it's a huge topic and yeah. it, it really impacts every single area of our lives. Right. But I'd say in my 30 second summary, as best I could, <laughs> that's the way I think of it, yeah, which totally. I think is biblical. Yeah, absolutely. So I think one of the interesting questions I've thought about in, in line with this topic is yeah. um, you mentioned this idea of how all authority is borrowed authority. It's, yeah. you know, Adam and Eve were invited into this kind of co-ruling, co-reigning partnership with God over this this kingdom, this place that he had made, and he's yes. entrusting that to them and so that they would, you know, rule over the created animals and the uh, plants and all that is present there. I, I think the one interesting question is just why? Why does God choose to share, you right. know, that, that authority with us? Why does he uh, share that? Why doesn't he just keep that and stay kind of as the king, right? Yeah. Like, so that, cause that's a, that's a relationship that doesn't necessarily have to be in place. So, exactly. so why does that exist? Yeah. Um, I, I think it, it flows out from, uh, you mentioned the relational aspect, but I think it flows out from the Trinity when, when, mm. when in Genesis one, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness to do what to create and to cultivate and to nurture. And, and that is the identity, the character of God that creating us to do that invites us into that Trinity, into that work of the Trinity. Mm. Um, and did he have to No, but at the same time, I, I it's, it's this, well, it's almost like, well, th- that's part of the character of God, of, of mm. the God who shares. And mm. I mean, I, it's, it's interesting because the devil does the complete opposite. Uh, if God, God shares and, 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 and creates, the devil can't do that. Uh, he, he destroys and, and replicates. He, he does has no original thought. He just takes what God does and just twists it for evil. And so I think there's this beautiful, um, this beautiful uh, um, um, gift that God's given to us. Of He didn't have to, but that's who he is. Um, and, and, and ushering us into this, this kingdom, um, and allowing us to have a part of it, not just to live under it, but actually have a part in, in ruling it. I mean, yeah, we read that we're going to judge angels. What does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and, and so it's just, it's, it's, it's amazing that God not only brings it to his family, but he also gives us responsibilities in this kingdom to, to have a, to have a role, to have a purpose. Yeah. So, I mean, and you see the just kind of spiraling way that humanity takes that authority. Yes. Um, especially after Genesis 3 yeah. and just totally tra- trashes that for yeah. for evil. And um, I, I think we, we get to a place where, uh, I mean, Judges, at the, near the end of Judges, it says it really clearly that, like, there was no king in Israel. Everybody did what was right in their own eyes. Yeah. And so um, there's just this, like, spiraling reality to what happens to the authority given. Um, and and I think that, uh, this notion of a kingdom for, for me as like an American Christian, um, I can like try to, I can try to understand that, 
but the reality of like what it means to live under a king is something that I feel very absent from, you know, yeah. or removed from. Um, my uh, my oldest son, Elliot, is really into uh, the Revolutionary War and okay. thinking about that. So like reading about King George right. and all these examples, and I'm like, yeah, that dude, that was not great. And yeah. I don't, uh, I don't think I want that honestly. And I think that there's some things about being an American where there's this notion of kingship mm -hmm. or having like the one central figure who has all of the power is like very off putting just kind of, which is ingrained into my idea of reality and the sure. way the world should be. Sure. Right. So, um, I, I wanted to talk about that idea for sure. a little bit too, and just how, even just in our cultural context as, as Americans or as Westerners, um, how we can understand this idea of of kingdom. Yeah. Um, and so I guess the two questions I'm thinking are, do you, do you have any ways that has been helpful for you to understand what it means to be a part of a, a kingdom yeah. in this way? Um, or kind of contrary to that or conversely to that, um, what are some of the pitfalls for us as Americans maybe to sure. understanding this idea of a kingdom? What are some of the things we miss? Right. So. Yeah. So I think, I, I think I'll answer the second question because yeah. I think it'll help answer the first. Yeah. Uh, I think pitfalls that we as Americans, but I would all honestly say as Western Christians fall into is this idea um, of uh, uh, this idea that we're free. And, and mm. what I mean by that is that um, even within the church, uh, Jesus is is uh, the work of Christ is described as as setting us free, but however the reality is that uh, we are actually never free in the sense of autonomous. Mm. We're always we always belong to someone, and yeah. either the kingdom of light or the kingdom of darkness. And I think especially in the American church, the Western church, this idea of individuality and um, and and, and it, making it very um, individual and it's it's my relationship with Jesus it's it's Jesus died for me uh, and uh, I get to choose and, and those types of language really kind of I think um, it really hinders us to understand the the the, the reality that we are our freedom in Christ is our freedom from sin from uh, guilt from shame but we are slaves to Christ. Mm. Um, we belong to uh, to Christ. We belong to God. And I think the two biggest lies that that uh, we believe is the lie of autonomy and self sufficiency. Mm. The first lie is autonomy of saying um, that uh, we have the final authority over every area of our life, mm. and that we decide what is right and what's wrong, and uh, and and that is true freedom is the lie we believe in the second is self-sufficiency that I have everything I need within me to be able mm. to be and to do what I want. Mm. And this idea of kingship. Yeah. It really rubs us the wrong way when Jesus says like every knee will bow and every tongue confess. Well, it, that literally means every knee and every tongue. Mm. Uh, and right now there is a King over us. Uh, right now we are living under this kingdom and, and the heart of every individual is Paul Tripp says this, by the way, that autonomy and self-sufficiency, that wasn't me. That was Paul sure. Tripp. <laughs> yeah. um, but he says this thing, too, of saying, in, in the heart of every of every person is this fist raising to God saying, you will not rule over me. Mm. And it, and it's, again, and that that was, if that's not satanic and demonic, I don't know what is, because mm. that is what 
led Satan to rebel against God. Mm. You will not rule over me. Mm. And in the heart of every human being, American or, 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 or not, uh, is that desire to be free and independent. And yet at the, but at the heart of the, the reality is that, no, we're not because we belong to someone. Mm. And we, but we don't really like that. Yeah. And so I think the, the part of discipleship and even becoming a follower of Jesus is the act of surrendering and saying, no, my life is not my own. Mm. And uh, that doesn't seem freeing. And yet Jesus says, if you want to lose your life, you know, you'll fight to keep it. But if you, uh, but if you, if you lose your life for me, you'll, you'll have it. Yeah. And so th- that paradox almost, but the, the, the truth is that, yeah, if you, if you fight to save your life, you'll lose it. But if you lose your life, you'll get it. You'll yeah. It. Yeah. That is, um, yeah, I think that's spot on. I mean, that's, that fits with, I think my own experience and just sure. the narratives that I hear in our culture yeah. too. And that, um, there's a, a willingness to provide a, a willingness to fight, to preserve freedom at all costs. Mm-hmm. And I think you're labeling that notion of freedom. There's a way that our culture defines that idea of freedom yes. as being able to choose whatever I want, whenever yes. I want, that's kind of fits in those categories of economy sure. and self-sufficiency. Yes. And, and yet I think that there is a biblical view of freedom there is. that we're missing that is about being able to choose the good things yes. because we're no longer controlled by the bad things, yes. right? Yeah. Uh, by the evil things. And, and that's a recognition that if there is a kingdom, there is also opposition to that kingdom Correct. that is powerful and it is real in our life. Yeah. Um, there's a recent book that I'm, I'm reading by Pastor John Mark Comer. He said uh, it's called Live No Lies. And he's talking about these notions of the the three enemies of the soul that have been around in the Christian tradition for a long time, the devil, the flesh, and the world. And if we don't recognize that there are real powers at work against um, our very self, then, uh, then I would say on one hand, well, we're blind to the notions that, that there are things trying to constrict our freedom away from the things that are good. And secondly, we actually, I think we lose some of the significance of having a king who has conquered over these things and our need for a conquering king, because I recognize I can't do that myself. I need one who can go before me, who has the power, who has the ability to fight, and his kingdom is actually uh, will actually prevail at the end of these things too. Absolutely. Um, that that becomes with the reality of the world that there are enemies of my soul. The kingdom of God is very good news yes. because there's one who has actually triumphed over these things, exactly. right? Exactly. Um, and that's, I mean, all through the I'm thinking about the epistle letters where Paul is saying that uh, that Jesus is parading these powers through in triumph and victory. Um, and he's taking him on this procession and and showing everybody how he's won. Yeah, exactly. And, um, and that's the life that we live in. So now our freedom is about having the freedom, um, as Bonhoeffer would say, I think to sin no more, right? right? It's this notion that we can choose what is good now, whereas before we could not, not just that I can, I have the freedom to choose whatever I want. And that's the kind of cultural narrative of freedom. Yeah, absolutely. To persevere. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm curious, do you see places in scripture or ways in kind of the life of Jesus where he's linking this notion of the kingdom and discipleship, what it means to follow him and be, um, hit, to be his follower, to learn from him. And as that right. connects to being a part of his kingdom or engaging with his kingdom. Yeah. I mean, so th- that is part and parcel of why the, I think the disciples were missing the big picture where mm. they thought it was going to be a worldly kingdom. Like right now, Jesus is going to kick out Rome. He's going to establish his, his earthly kingdom um, and, and they were going to have, you know, some pretty significant and high, high power offices, you know, mm. secretary of state or, you know, um, but Jesus, while he's, I'm thinking of Jesus when he's before Pilate and, uh, he says like, 
all this power you have is, is being given to you. It's not actually yours. Mm. And um, my kingdom is not of, of this world. It's, it's, from, it's, it's from completely other place, right? And then Pilate freaks out. Because yeah. he, he understands, wait, this, this, isn't, this isn't a coup. This, isn't, uh, this guy isn't trying to overthrow Rome. Something, something greater is happening here. Wow. Um, yeah. And I think, again, the, the, the focus of the here and now blinds us to the fact that it, it is a part of the kingdom, but but it is a, uh, but it's it's not the end all be all. That actually, the, even our lives here on earth and this earth is only a part of the bigger kingdom of God, um, and that it's already. I mean, you, you know, God is still on His throne in heaven, right? Yeah. He's not waiting for Earth to be okay in order for Him to start being King. Um, all of human history is, is is played out on the stage where we're doing, we're living life day to day. Things are happening around the world, and yet it is still part and parcel and part of God's ultimate plan of how he's going to make himself known and how he's going to restore all things and all people back to himself. And so, yes, there's an element of, uh, of the here and now, but it, it is almost a precursor to the reality of the, the, the already but not yet. Sure. If that makes sense. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, um. I, th- I think one of the dangers like engaging these big um, themes through scripture is that the nuances for what it means in my daily life yeah. today, right. Yeah. Can get lost. Yeah. And, um, and while all of these, I think, as you just said, like have implications into the future. Sure. Um, I, I would, I want us to try to, by the end of our conversation sure. here to pull it right, rein yeah. it back in and, um, and to, and to hit until like how this is going to help people who are listening to this right now today, think about what it means to follow Jesus. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, th- I guess this is the question, like, um, so as disciples of Jesus, as somebody who is following Jesus today and trying to become like him, um, to do the things that he's done, um, how is this, just focusing on this one theme of the kingdom, how is this going to, meant to impact our following, uh, our relationship with Jesus? How is this theme of the kingdom meant to yeah. help us to be a disciple, help us to walk with Jesus yeah. Uh, to journey with Jesus, to use some language. Sure. Yeah, no, that's a really good question. Um, and a couple things come to mind. First is um, we don't we don't have a good example of a of a perfect king, right? In our minds mm, here sure. on earth, every every king, every kingdom is is broken and tainted and, and has caused so much hurt to other people, um, even in their kingdom or or abroad. And so I think first and foremost, uh, to understand that. Um, Jesus as our king, he is, he is our good king and he is for us. And mm-hmm. the work and the calls that, that, that what he calls us to do um, in daily obedience is actually for our good and ultimately will be for his glory. Maybe you can switch that, or, or for his glory and ultimately for our good because there's some difficult seasons of life. Yeah. But um, I think practically speaking, um, the day-to-day obedience that Jesus calls us to uh, to live in uh, culminates in us doing just that, becoming less and less like us and becoming more and more like him, being transformed, like Paul would say, from one degree uh, to another. Yeah. So looking in this mirror, we actually reflect the character of Jesus more and more. And I think... For me, an, uh, a, a big motivator is also when I stand before Jesus 
I want him to say, well done, good and faithful servant. Mm. Well done. You've been faithful in small things. And, you know, he, here, here's your reward, right? Yeah. Um, and, I, and I think that because it's so practical in every area of my life, I was just thinking about the work that I do. I go to, I'll go to work and I come home and understanding that the work is important. However, the motivation uh, is, is equally or maybe even more important. Mm. Um, why do I want my children to behave a certain way? Is yeah. it really behavior modification or am I actually going for their heart? Right. Because if it's behavior modification, so I can look good. Mm. But if it's for their heart, then it's I want to be able to, by the grace of God, help cultivate a heart that loves Jesus and is and is is soft towards him, not just to correct behavior because it makes me look like a good parent. Mm. And so to me that and even with my wife, you know, relationships with with our spouses, it's the motivation behind it of understanding that obeying the Lord and following Jesus does mean denial of the self and it's actually for our good. Mm. It's actually for our our um uh our sanctification that will lead to this glorious manifestation when we when we stand before the Lord and we realize, wow, like John says in first John, when we see him we'll be like him mm. because we see him as he is. Yeah. And so I hope that kind of answers that question. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that um, I think this pathway that you're you're we're journeying on is one of the things that I think is we're a little bit uncomfortable with in our uh, kind of America picture of discipleship is this notion of obedience. Yeah, and that we can we can look at discipleship through just a lens of like spiritual friendship sure. and relationship. And um, I just want to be, you know, um, taking all these like precious little moments with Jesus. And I'm not saying that that's Right. detached from it. Yeah. But I do think that as we understand the notion of the kingdom, like you mentioned this notion of obedience and, and understanding not just what we are doing, but even the motivation behind that obedience. Yeah. Um, because if we are in a kingdom, it means that there is a king yeah. and it means I am subject to that king. Yes. And there are certain kind of standards and ways that he's calling us to live as a part of his kingdom. Yeah. And, um, and I think there's some people that can see like the kingdom of God and want the justice of it or want sure. the, the glory of it and the beauty of it. Yeah. And they can totally dismiss the authority of the king that yes. comes with that kingdom. Right. And so really good point. I, I think that you're really hitting on that too, that as you're, as we're talking about this, that, uh, that to be a disciple through the lens of the kingdom yeah. means that we have to come into a, a, an obedient relationship to Jesus. We listen to his commands. We listen to his words. We listen to the ways of the king yeah. and we say well that's the way of the king i'm yeah. going to live that way um that's i mean that's the famous line from the mandalorian right this yeah. is the way yeah. right yeah. right exactly and, yeah. and but we can't despise that because if yeah. there is an authority behind that and so i think that that's it on one hand to me like just as yeah. we're having this conversation i'm like that seems so simple like to to be jesus's disciple in the sure. context of the kingdom it just means to obey him but, but like, but it's hard though, but it is. And you, you yeah. start to live your life yeah. and you recognize, as we were saying before, this notion of freedom and you're like, okay, I can go through the day yeah. and I have all sorts of choices to yeah, make yeah, for sure. And to be a disciple of Jesus uh, with this mindset of the kingdom means that today, as I walk into the world, I'm going to choose the things that are good. I'm yeah. going to choose the things that will please the King, the ways that he says are the way that his kingdom should should be yeah and i'm going to be a participant in that yes and the things that i see in the world that are not in line and are not bringing about his kingdom i i'm going to either abstain from or i'm going to push towards them in order to see them 
move away and to see his kingdom come to fruition in that yes. place. Right. And yeah. So, yeah. Um, so uh, maybe just uh, any, any other like kind of last thoughts sure. on that notion as we're yeah. kind of wrapping up here. Sure. So as you're talking, I was thinking about this. So Paul says, uh, all things are permissible, but not all things are beneficial. Oh yeah. Right. I could do anything, but like that, but that doesn't mean I should. And, and then he, he ends by saying, um, I'll, I will not let anything have control over me or I'll not let anything have authority over me. Mm. And in there right there, I think we're very uncomfortable with the idea of authority. Authority yeah. really makes us squirm. Yeah. Right. And so, uh, the reality of what Paul is saying in that verse is someone or something is going to have authority over me. Mm. And the reality of us thinking that we can live freely, um, that itself has authority over us, which would be an idol. So mm. even in that, we don't, we actually, there's no such thing as like complete freedom from, from authority. Mm. We don't like that as Americans. Yeah. We don't like that as, as, as humans. Right. Um, but the reality is that, uh, there is an ultimate authority mm. uh, and he is good yeah. uh, and, and he is for us. Um, and that should really, really uh, stir our hearts to worship him and to love him. And then the obedience actually flows out of that. Yes. And yes, there's times we're like, ah, oh, we kind of obey because even though it's difficult, but I want my kids to, to obey me because they love me, not because they're afraid of what I'm going to say or do. Right. Right. And, like, and so the, uh, to me, that really helps me understand the kingdom, uh, in discipleship. I love Jesus. He is my King. So I follow him. Not because I have to, although ultimately I will <laughs> one way or another, yeah. but because I get to, yeah. um, because I love him. Mm. So, yeah, that's awesome. I think that's the place to end this okay, conversation. Yeah. Thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. Oh, man, Emmanuel, thanks so much again. Yeah. This is great. Hey, thanks again to Emmanuel for having this conversation about the kingdom. That was a blast. If you would like to explore more of this theme on your own, then you can head to our website, miaminavs.org slash rediscipleship. And there you can find some study guides that will actually take you through a few of the major developments in this theme, the biblical narrative. It's just a great way for you to kind of personally dive in and uncover more of what the Bible is saying about this theme on your own. Remember, and I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again right now, just listening to this podcast isn't discipleship. For whatever you want to define discipleship as, this isn't it. It might be a part of it, but what I'd encourage you to do is to grab a friend and to share actually in person or over the phone or a Zoom call what you're learning. One thought, if you want to dig a little deeper, is to open up the Bible with your friend and turn to John 14, 21 and start there and make the connections between obedience and intimacy and love in our relationship with Jesus. He is opening up a whole conversation about this and it's worth time spending there and digging into this idea of our connection with the King and how that relates to love. Our next episode on the theme of justice and shalom is a conversation with one of my favorite Bible teachers, Fran Shaka. You're not going to want to miss this. It's an awesome conversation. Uh, so make sure you hit subscribe so you're notified when that happens. And hey, if you've been listening to this for a little while, you've checked out a couple episodes, you've benefited from it, would you please leave us a review? It would give us some feedback and help us to know how we're doing and ways that we can continue to serve and bless those who are listening to this. So... With all that being said, thanks again for joining us on the journey of rediscipleship to Jesus. Mm-hmm.